0: This is Leisha Holmes, and I'm your host on the Recruiters Recruitment podcast brought to you by Hoxo Media. And I'm absolutely thrilled to welcome to our channel today, Chris O'Connell, who is a leadership and performance coach and also a wellbeing and mental health champion. Welcome to our channel today, Chris. How are you?
1: Thank you, Leisha. I got your name right this time. I'm absolutely thrilled to be part of this. Um, I'm very honoured. Looking forward to having a good chat with you.
0: Yeah, me too. We've got so much to cover now. I can't do it justice to introduce you and I think this will give us some great context in terms of what we're going to talk about today. So yeah. give us an overview of your career so far and what we're going to be talking about on the podcast today.
1: Thank you. Well, I'm a leadership and well-being performance coach. I started my career at S3. A lot of people will know who they are. Big corporate, quite hardcore recruitment business. Um, I think they had six or 700 consultants at the time. This is 1998, started off as a quite shy resourcer um, and gradually went my way up. And took to recruitment like a duck to water, really. I was facing project program management, change management contractors, mainly into the public sector. Uh, became the worldwide top biller. A lot of people say they were, but I actually was. I was one of the most successful people there, um, just, just on numbers, basically, and kind of went my way up there, managed teams across different offices, worked in three different offices, and loved the whole concept of recruitment, the art of candidate management, candidate control, business development, that kind of stuff just just loved it um and if you cut me in half i would bleed s3 you know i just thought it was the best thing since sliced bread Uh, um, but um i think even before then from a very young age i always wanted to run my own business so i left there set up a business called timothy james consulting in 2003 and in a sort of nine and a half year cycle got that to nearly 100 heads um seven figure ebitda um, 30 just under 30 million pounds turnover annual turnover 14 industry awards um so three virgin foster 100 awards in a row three three star best company awards in a row loads of other awards around um greatest place to work and best companies i'm more proud of more proud of those awards actually around how we built the culture and how we engage with our customers so that means um our clients but also our our people as well i you a bit more about that but mainly it was around managing the individual not the team and really tapping into motivations and drivers and kind of being quite um, authentic, which is a word used quite heavily at the moment. So I think back, you know, maybe was a little bit ahead of the time actually. Um, <clears throat> so I sold that through private equity, uh, which was a, a challenge. I Going to say something else then. Uh, <laughs> and I, and I, learned, I learned a hell of a lot about that landscape around, you know, what it takes to become fit for purpose. You know, a lot of businesses out, a lot of leaders talking about what they're doing, um, mm. but not many get it over the line and transact it. So I did that took some time out, um, reflected, and that was a great experience and great achievement, but I believe what I do now is more fulfilling for me. Um, I'm richer in purpose, fulfillment, and all that kind of stuff around purpose than I was back then, and i go into detail now. So I, I go into businesses, some one-person bands, some 100 people strong, um, don't really mind the size, and I can do all the organizational development, all the career mapping. I still run a couple of recruitment businesses as well, so I'm still doing the job. Mm-hmm um but i think there's a big play at the moment around true customer engagement so how leaders engage with their people and the old ways of are working aren't working anymore and I, I could talk about that as well yeah. and i love that and also um i do loads with mental health and well-being so it's quite a long intro isn't it good <laughs> it's I, all good that's, that's a huge um uh ingredient into driving performance as well yeah
0: yeah, mindset. I know I know that we're, um, for anyone that's on Clubhouse and when we actually broadcast this, we'll have hopefully done quite a few rooms by then. But I know that, that we've got a very mm-hmm. shared common goal. I mean, look, you know, that introduction can't, still can't do you justice because if, if anyone goes to your LinkedIn profile, they'll just see all the accolades. But I agree with you. I think that, you know, you're from that traditional recruitment background. Interestingly, I interviewed with Esther in 1998 and I turned down a job offer for them. So we could have gone head to head. That would have been interesting because I was I talking about for prime time uh, and Cheers. i used to say cut me in half and i would be green for primetime colors which obviously became cordon so there you go so maybe that's why yeah. we're both from similar similar old school thinking so yeah. i do think this is a really valuable topic because there's so much you're right there you've thrown in a few bills where you know people talk about authenticity mm-hmm. we're talking about mental health and well-being and there's mm-hmm. i think we're at this collision of where recruitment has had to go through this huge shift since covid began we've transformed the sector and industry we're innovative we've moved forward five years within nine months because of the pandemic it's all incredible yeah. stuff but we are at this collision point of where a lot of businesses are saying look we you know we've we've, we've survived we want to thrive and now how do we scale it up so i wanted mm. to invite you on today there's so much we can talk about but you I guess your testimony and your huge success of scaling growing and obviously yeah. selling a business so why first of all what's the why of why a leader who's listening to this should be thinking of scaling up first and foremost why should they well, be doing
1: that I think I think knowing your why is is fundamental I mean um not everyone's the same but I think I think now is a good time is a bit of a paradox but I think now is a perfect time to scale up the reason why I think that is is because um, what COVID has done I think it's kind of forced or um, educated some people to actually becoming more of a human being so there's an opportunity to actually build better one-to-one relationships so the advent of you know lots of Zoom meetings you can do more um, at home you know getting get in front of the cl- clients via Zoom um, and being that personality as well <clears throat> so it's a, I think it's a chance to stand out and be and not be as vanilla as, as we were before and I think certainly <clears throat> i took four years out of the interview you know three or four years off linkedin i've only come on back on linkedin the last six months and it's not a vanity thing but I, I will say some stats i've had you know nearly two million views in the last four or five months but those have converted into into likes but actual comments and business relationships and that kind of stuff and that's purely out of me i think being a bit vulnerable being myself mm-hmm. and, and showing up so I, I what i'm trying to say here is that i think if you if you do find your purpose and you are being authentic you've got a great opportunity to actually you know build something that's not just profit profit focused, but something that, that could leave a legacy that's tangible that is aligned with your purpose and i, and I just think it's actually quite an exciting time although it's challenging mm-hmm. so i think if you get it right be front of mind when all, when we are back to normal i think that's when you can also really accelerate as well and you know also things like clubhouse as well so, you know it's like holding a business meeting with 10 hundred a thousand people at once you know like a good piece of content if you get that right and you're commenting on the on the on the content you're holding you're showcasing your skills and your business in front of thousands of people whereas you know just making one phone call to one person it's it's a completely
0: different game yeah it it totally transforms everything doesn't it and i think you know i think i think you are right it's paradoxically you know we've all just we're still in as we record this now in february we're still in lockdown You know, there's this whole health, you know, crisis around us, an economic crisis potentially. We've got Brexit happening, we've got IR35 coming. You know, in theory, people could be absolutely locked in fear. But I think that's why true leadership is about... And I use the word vulnerability. And I think that's where I, I think you and I connected on that level. I, all the way through last year, I was just dead honest about how I was feeling, how other, you know, asking my actual clients, how are you actually feeling? How are you coping? We're all stuck at home with our children. So I think you're right. And I think this is the time to propel yourself. If you've got all the key elements, you've got the, you know, and you'll understand more and we'll go through this, you know, the pillars of what makes a good business ready to scale up yeah why wouldn't you do it now because there's never been a better time and and the big paradox Mm -hmm. for me actually is that we're doing this on technology but we are human beings yeah and it's about sort of being able to tell that human story so having done this yourself and I think if you know let's go back to sort of you know you set up your business 2003 Mm -hmm. with it what were your challenges at the time on scaling up and then where do you see that now in terms of the landscape ahead We interrupt this podcast episode of the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast to tell you about our amazing sponsor. Hoxo Media are the world's leading content recruitment marketing agency specifically for the recruitment industry. And they currently work with over 250 recruitment agencies, including Key Recruitment, and 3,000 recruitment consultants to help them build out LinkedIn brands that then allow them to open up more opportunities by following a proven methodology every single day. Now, in 2021, the hugely successful Hoxo Academy, of which I was part of, is changing and they've now launched an eight-week personal brand launch programme which can now help you roll out this methodology across your business. The Hoxham Academy is aimed at helping traditional recruiters, of which I am one, who rely on outbound calls to attract clients and candidates equally. Now, very often traditional recruiters actually lack the knowledge of how to best use LinkedIn, other than maybe posting jobs you know, every few days, but then struggling with ideas and original content and also just confidence in terms of what to produce and how to produce valuable content. Now we're living in a post COVID world and we all know now that the world is truly digital. The modern recruiter needs to be equipped and have a unique and consistent LinkedIn presence that offers value to their community and drives opportunities inbound. The HOXO Academy helps every recruiter in the recruitment agency that becomes part of the Academy and helps every recruiter achieve this in just eight weeks, enrolling new cohorts of training at the start of each calendar month. So this is an exclusive deal for you, our listener. The Recruiters Recruitment Podcast is so proud to be sponsored by HOXO Academy that the deal is amazing. For the first 50 customers in 2021, they are offering you the chance to enrol unlimited users on this programme for 12 months at no extra cost. So whether you're listening to this and you've got a team of 15 or a team of 500 and you're looking to hire more during 2021, you can rest assured that they will all get this training that they then need to build out their brand that wins business on LinkedIn. So please click on the link attached to this episode or alternatively DM me to find out how your agency can join this incredible programme. And having been a cohort member myself and a graduate of the Academy at the end of 2020, I'm really proud to advocate this phenomenal and really, I think, Business critical academy for every recruiter who wants to get the best out of LinkedIn and ensure that they also become inbound. Thank you for listening to this message. Enjoy the rest of the episode and do get in touch for more details.
1: I think back then it was very, very competitive. I think um, the challenge was to ensure the leadership team, so myself and business partner. self-aware enough to know what our strengths and weaknesses were Mm. um i think at the start we probably tried to be all things to all people and both do everything together Mm. so after a period of time or very quickly we soon realized right your strengths are this so peter managed the perm side i managed the contract so we kind of delegated things and we just kind of allowed the leadership team to have that empowerment to do their own thing yeah Uh, very quickly we hired in people that were better than us in certain aspects so you know, cutting those apron strings is, is, is you know, we get quite precious as leaders. And
0: mm-hmm. I think
1: that's that's a big leadership skill in itself, you know, empowering and trusting people, but also maximizing our people and our clients. And what I mean by that, I think it's a fallacy or a lot of leaders fall into the trap of the more bums on seats we have, the more profit we're going to make. So we were quite good at making sure we, we had good margins um, and we penetrated the clients, not just uh, you know, on a one's wonder scenario but
0: yeah
1: you know, understood their pain points and delivered a force that's amplifying the services it's kind of maximizing what you have and then with our people as well really tapping into them um and applying the right competencies to the right role so just because they hit a number doesn't mean that they they automatically become a great manager all that kind of stuff um and really valuing our customers as well and i think i think you know you should treat a new customer exactly the same as you treat an existing customer as well yeah. so there's there's yeah. a few a few tips that I do
0: yeah and and, and all, all the things you're talking about there it's all it all sounds like how people speak now as to what we should be achieving as best practice but actually you were doing it almost 20 years ago that's yeah. the, you know that's the interesting thing and it's it's that customer journey and, and i think you know that's where the sort of paradigm of what we can achieve now is you know we are engaging mm. with customers we're on this human journey with them we're intrin- we're intrinsic to the growth and success of our clients so those are yeah. over- clients so but I love what you just, I just picked up on something there, you know, hiring in people that were better than you. That, of mm. course, you know, we, we're still learning. Why wouldn't yeah. you? You're not, you don't just want to hire in clones. You want to hire in people that you're upskilling all the time. So yeah, I think that's definitely something for leaders to take on board so you i mean you obviously operate as a a non-exec director you're still heavily involved in the recruitment industry what what would you right now as we sort of head into you know we're we're really going for it in 2021 what great best practice are you seeing right now so what let's sort of plagiarize what what people doing well in terms of scaling up
1: again i think it starts with purpose a lot of people think that's a bit woo a little bit kind of out there but um the best most successful leadership teams and businesses are the ones that are aligned with their values and their purpose so yeah. I, walk, I, I walk into businesses and they've got certain things written on the wall when it's really um, so I, I, th- I think that's that's really important um, you know uh, the leader, leadership team have to really intrinsically believe understand live and breathe what their purpose bili- visions and values are I, it, it goes back to amplifying your services as well so the pivoting is quite a popular word isn't it at the moment so for me I've kind of not moved away from recruitment I've amplified my own Leverage my own skill set within recruitment to become a leadership business owner. So that can happen with with a consultant. A consultant, you know, doesn't necessarily just have to send CVs and deliver a bum on a seat. A, Mm. a, A consultant can do, or you know, an onboarding program can teach a client how to interview properly. All that kind of stuff around being a holistic partner, rather than just you know a transactional recruiter. I think is is a massive massive play at the moment, and the whole personality, human to human piece as well. You know the advent of the solopreneur the the sub 10 brand time and time again my clients and other clients who are three or four people strong are opening up huge multi-million pound accounts by taking them on the journey and being this kind of interactive Mm. personality so i think i think personality is Is playing a big part over just you know driving the metrics as well.
0: Yeah, and I think that you know everybody everybody thought that AI would be the biggest threat, but actually it's using the technology, but you know you've used the sort of terminology, this sort of human element, and that's what actually that is what customers look to us for. And Mm. this holistic approach for me, that's how it should have always been done. You know, if I think about standout recruitment companies that you know I've been privileged to know for the last twenty odd years, they're almost like a management consultancy. That's how they operate. Operate, yes you know you 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 should be that expert go to where you know it might be about hr policy or you might know somebody internally it why is it why is it always just been this reactive transactional yeah. so Do you think do you think transactional recruitment's dead
1: no i think i think it's dying i think ultimately yeah. mm. people want still want the best thing for the best price and the quickest amount of time but yes. i think i think actually people want to enjoy that experience now these days mm. um you know with the advent of in- instant gratification with social media work kind of stuff there is a play around that but ultimately if you buy cheap you buy twice all that kind of stuff um you now i put a post out recently about um retained versus contingent and then there's a one in five chance place in a contingent placement versus you know sort of 80% chance of doing so all that kind of stuff why, why can't you have the courage of your convictions and pitch a retainer and pitch exclusivity as opposed to fighting against other people it's all that kind of I think a lot of it is um, we're drilled into metrics we're measured into metrics we're measured into sending cvs and that can have an adverse effect on the service delivery why, why don't we do it differently and say what can we do as a business to focus on the quality of our customers so I'd sooner have 10 customers where we've placed 5, 10, 15 people than 20 where we've placed one all that kind of stuff
0: yeah so it's all it, it's none of it's rocket science is it it's all Not
1: really
0: simple stuff but i think yeah. i do think that we're at this pivotal point really so i'm interested to know so if if you've got a business where you can see you know and i think you're right there's always, always these words and i know i've got words on my wall if anyone's watching on YouTube, but that's just a nice little post that i got just to make it feel a bit more a bit more snazzy but on a serious note you know you've got your values people talk about integrity and they talk about you know um service mm. value etc should the employees, should the whole team get involved in that, or do you think that does come down to the board in terms of understanding no. what that purpose and why is? Where does the culture really start?
1: Well, I think it starts with the leadership team, but I think mm. historically, the leadership team would ordinarily hire on skills and experience and yeah. fire on behaviors and behaviors, values and attitudes. So in my business it's called based mindset behaviors, and I believe behaviors and attitude are more important than skills and experience. so okay, I think okay. I think the reason why it falls down is because a lot of leaders, uh, they're quite, they shy away from this kind of purpose, vision, and values because it's 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 a, it's a window into their soul, into them, yeah. you know. Um, so, but the good leaders actually understand that that's that's the most important thing. So, mm-hmm. I think the leadership team it starts with them, but they need they would they would encourage their team to input into that as well. So, it's I think it starts with the talent identification as well. Once you've got the, the visions and values in place, and you live and breathe them. You don't then go right. I want a great consultant who's delivered X, Y, and Z money-wise. That's you want. I want to find someone who who has got integrity, has got has got the has got those values first, as well as the other stuff, because you can train the skills and the experience, but you can't train the rest of it. I don't think.
0: That is my pitch all the time. That is my pitch, and that always always been my pitch. And I think that you can say all these words. Might you'll often see on my LinkedIn post, I'll say, you know, these are all words, but it's about action. Like you know you talk about integrity very but we, much so, very is, much so. We, can, we can say all these words but it's in the actions that you take and then when you're hiring in recruiters or whoever you're hiring into your business that it's understanding what they've done to demonstrate that so I, I agree with you totally and that then becomes because we, we you know we talk about personal brand versus company values you mm. are then hiring in people that reflect your company values and your purpose yeah
1: and just to go back on the point around what's also good now I think I think certainly 15 20 years ago you know collaborating with a competitor or someone in a similar space was frowned upon it wasn't it was like you know there's still some people mentioning no names but take it upon themselves to to target people <laughs> you know oh. in, which which i find bonkers you know uh, you know i don't use the word competition you know people in my space do exactly what i do i'd like comment share phone them up ask them for tips learn and i think i think there's a huge play around that collaboration piece versus you know trying to tear someone down i mean doesn't serve anybody, is it?
0: Absolutely agree with you totally. And that, you know, I've uh, I've collaborated with my competitors for pff, at least a ten at least ten years. Mm. Um, it's a low risk strategy because it means then you're not having to hire in another head. So apart from anything else, but to me, I've always thought the market's big enough for everybody if you do it properly. I don't collaborate with everybody; yeah. I'm still discerning yeah. quality. But I agree with you totally. Yeah. Read the room, guys. I know who you're talking yeah. about. Read the room. We do not. Yeah. The down we lift each other up that's what we do you I'm raised that practice. So I totally agree with you. Now, we also, we're, you know, Rhonda D'Ambrosio, you know, set up mental health and recruitment. I know you're a huge yep. advocate and advisor to R- Rondo, and you've been heavily involved in that. And I'm, a ch- I'm very hmm. proud to be a champion. We're doing the mental health um, first aid course together, which I'm very excited yeah. about. By the time yeah, this yeah. goes out, we might have actually already done it. So give us some, you know, that's something I really want to focus on as well before we finish. So yeah. in terms of mental well being, because I know this is a big sort of area for you. Yeah. What sort of coping strategies would you recommend to aspiring leaders to take it on? Because I think it's all well and good as, you know, advising clients to do it for their teams. But what about leaders themselves? What can they do to protect themselves?
1: I think it's a really good point. I think. Myself included, historically, you know, I didn't look at my own self-care. I was just so transfixed on maximizing the day and everyone else. And and that's why I eventually fell down and I got burnt out. So I think self-care is a leadership skill in itself. So it starts with, people would ordinarily think that's selfish, but it's selfless. If you you can look at yourself first and say, what can I do for myself? You can then serve others. So some of the tips, I mean, um, I think, well, when I wake up every morning, I put my feet on the ground and ground myself and feel my bare feet on the floor do some breathing and really kind of like almost choose the day because nine times out of ten I wake up and I feel positive and ready to go but like with anyone I've got mental health I've got a mind um there's days where the negative narrative comes in and you know I, I catch it and slow down and then say I talk to it and choose choose to then frame it in a different way so I, I, I do talk to myself in my head I think that's important and then I go to the bathroom and sort of give myself a high five and say let's do it so actually you know engage with myself my inner child, all that kind of stuff choose the day i think uh, a random act of kindness per day so uh, that's a great thing to do but you meant you mentioned it as well take action so we can talk about oh i listen to podcasts and i you know i, I read and all this kind of stuff but taking action so i'm a coach but i've got my own coach there's things like that so i think actually doing something that is going to take you to that next level yeah. by, by doing action and also, I think as well, there, there are there times when there's things that we have to do stuff that we don't want to do. Mm. So instead of like, uh, that's something I had to do yesterday. And it was like an accounting thing that was like so laborious, but actually I needed to do it. Yeah, but I frame that actually. Oh no, I get to do that. I get to understand my business. I get to understand. So it's it's almost the language that we use. It's almost like bloody hell. I've got a roof over my head. I've got kids. I've got business. So I'm doing well. You know, I have bloody to do my work. All that kind of stuff is just, I think it's, you know, I think it's really important that we, you know, uh, we realize how fortunate we actually are.
0: I think gratitude is a big thing, and it, it used to be kind of quite a hippie thing to talk about. But I've practiced mm-hmm. gratitude since somebody bought me um, a gratitude journal for my fortieth, which is a very long time ago now, sadly. Mm-hmm. And every day it encourages you. Every day it's a paragraph a day, and you and you write yeah. you write down things you're grat- grateful for. And even if it is something like I managed to not kill my children today, or I managed to make a nice meal, you, you find something every day. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. I was chuckling. To, I was chuckling to myself when you said that. I mean, first of all, the grounding thing, I get it. The high five thing. So I do a, a hit every morning. Yeah. Um, and I lay my mat out the night before, so I, it's accountability to myself that I will not step over that mat. I will do that, and I literally, as, as I finish it, I do look in the mirror and I go, "Nice one, leash," because yeah. I, I've set Absolutely. my alarm half an hour earlier. Because ultimately, it comes down to me to do that. And you know, I the negative narrative it, it, that's so interesting because I think you and I are both very positive people by yeah. sort of default, but I yeah. still wake up, especially since lockdown three began and some days I wake up and it's almost like I, I wake up and I think oh god we're still in lockdown but I just go but yeah. well, you've got a roof over your head you are your own boss you're yeah. gonna go for a great walk with your dog you've got you've got all these calls, whatever it is and I try and find the yeah. good bit and before you know it you've kind of switched that mindset so I think I think I actually talk out loud to myself Chris I don't just say totally. it in my head
1: Totally. Oh, no, no. I, I look at myself and I go, all right, mate, and there's all sorts of stuff going on. It's, it was deemed as the first sign of san- um, insanity, <laughs> but I think it's the first sign of sanity. I agree.
0: I love the self-care thing. And I think that's yeah. a gorgeous place to finish because for me, that's where it starts. And no matter who's listening to this, whether you're an aspiring leader or you're leading a big team, yeah. in it, you've got to put your, and I know it's really overused cliche now, but you've got to put on your own oxygen mask first, because if you don't, really? no one's going to do it for you. And, you know despite having to maybe be responsible for running a business whatever you're you know you've been there and done yeah. that and, and almost walked how not to do it because you, you mentioned before yeah, you really absolutely that. and i think there's so many people that are pro- possibly listening that are on a precipice of that it's not selfish to take a day off and go i know you do a lot with your kids go and book a day off go right. and do that reward yourself you know
1: with time. i think you're spot on that, that kind of non-work related item can be more beneficial to you than making that next zoom that next whatever it is in the business sense i honestly think you know that laboring the point um, get that balance right uh, and it's about executing you know it's not all about bloody work is it
0: No, if the last year has not taught us that, it is definitely that. Oh, you've I knew you'd be delightful and I knew I'd buzz off your energy. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for all your support and we look forward to seeing and hearing lots more from you, Chris. Thank you for joining us today. Uh,
1: Delighted. Thank you so much, Lisa. Lisa.